we've got to see the nipples and we've mm-hmm. got to see you know the bulges and mm-hmm. all these different things <laughs> the bulges and the nipples yeah yeah <laughs> um welcome to sincast presented by cinema sins Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Kapow! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the automatopoeia that we were looking for. Maybe mm-hmm. not the one we deserve, <laughs> yep. but the one we need. Yep. And uh, for music video since Barrett Share. da 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 Yeah. Yeah. That was, more, that was more Captain Underpants That's, than it is. Superman. It is. It kind of, yeah. <laughs> Honey, where are my <laughs> pants? Oh, different movie. Um, uh, so we are going back to our DC versus Marvel, uh, March Madness in June or July or whenever this is going to get, uh, uh, published. I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. I'm always angry. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass face-off to the death that's right between baby. the marvel and the dc movies <laughs> and not just the mcu and the dceu but anything that has marvel or dc that's right in it and you'll have to keep that in mind as we do this bracket My sleeper as well. pick is shaquille o'neal's steel oh yeah <laughs> i actually right. put that jokingly on the you know uh last four in <laughs> yeah. consolation yeah. yeah yeah um so uh we we still need to do in the round of 32 the south bracket Ooh. and we have a play-in game the winner of this play-in game will be the sixth seed against avengers infinity war mm-hmm. um the play-in game is batman returns versus batman forever Oh, this is so interesting. This is Tim Burton versus Joel Schumacher. It's the worst Burton Batman versus the best Schumacher Batman. Exactly. So Schumacher did this Batman and Robin and what's the other Batman? That's it. it. There's four movies in this series. And so two were Burton, two were Schumacher. It went Keaton, Kilmer, Clooney. Keaton, it was Keaton Keaton Keaton, 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 Keaton. Yeah, 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 Keaton, Keaton, Kilmer, Clooney. Gotcha. <laughs> Sounds like a law firm. K K K. And then you can throw in Kim Basinger, Nicole Kidman. It seems like this should be a runaway. Should should, but it's not. I feel like, in myself included, people tend to over inflate batman returns oh man i was just about to say something very similar when was the last time to to you dear listener when was the last time you sat through the entirety of batman returns because if it wasn't in the last five years it's worse than you remember uh because you guys sent you you two were on the the sins video yeah 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 Um, and i was surprised to see the actual vitriol coming from this movie is uh batman returns is not good there's a there's a too many villains thing going on in batman returns already yeah uh there Penguin first you have max shrek yeah yeah the christopher walken character is a, is a human villain you have the penguin and mm. then you have the whatever Catwoman is yeah um there's so many origin stories being thrown at you mm-hmm. uh you know and in this one tim burton can't help himself with this with the penguin origin story his parents didn't want him he was ugly he they put him in a basket and made him float down the river like 
You know, I'm just like Moses. Moses, yeah. And I'm like sitting there going, uh, man, uh, yeah, I just don't care. I don't care. I don't. I it, it's one. It's that Pat Oswalt joke, right? Where yeah. we don't. I don't care where the things that I like came from. Just give me the thing that I like. I and, feel like what happened is that that they probably had a, a little bit of cuffs on him for the first Batman movie because mm-hmm. it is Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, and then that one was such a raging success. They were like, "We're gonna let you have a little more free reign here," mm-hmm. and he did. Yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, he needed a little more rating in on this one because it feels like all of the bad impulses, you know, were throttled up on this second one. Like the the bombs on all the penguins, the army dudes, yeah. yeah, the giant rubber ducky floating. Like I'm over all of it. And the and the the idea that because he saved somebody, like saved somebody out of a sewer or something like that and becomes a viable political candidate yeah, for like mayor? Like mayor? Yeah, yeah, like only in fucking Gotham, right? Like <laughs> this 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 man who came from out of the sewer and saved a person or a girl, a little girl or whatever it was. Uh, I can't even remember who he saved. But it was all manufactured, though. Yeah, it was all manufactured. Yeah. But like the Gotham residents are like, yeah, yeah, let's let's make that guy a viable political candidate. That's a <laughs> perfect idea. And there's seems just seems like there's a lot of just I just rem- just how I recall it just seems like there's a lot of like people talking to each other about what's going on, especially the Batman ver- and Catwoman or slash Bruce Wayne Selena Kyle stuff is a lot of like just talking there's no real action going on there um when it's so small the movie is like and i think you guys mentioned it in the sins video it's like everything is within one small lot it feels like a sound stage it is well especially anything outside looks the exact same it's Mm -hmm. like they swapped out like a stage production basically and then you know wayne manor looks small and it's always shot from the same direction selena's uh apartment is is you know tiny literally tiny but yeah everything seems small it's not him going and, through gotham and all that this, stuff. and and nothing nothing about selena kyle's life her cats the milk any of that should lead to her falling out of a building and then being able to be revived later like there's no there's no, no science that's, that's, there's no even pseudoscience yeah. behind it yeah it, that's super nope. fantastical yeah i mean it it, it like most villains you you see there's a reason you know joker gets thrown into the waste uh you know uh penguin in this you know i don't really like it but shunned by his parents lived in a sewer all his life there's reasons for why they are and in this one it's like let's just make a wholesale reincarnation where cats lick her face and she becomes yeah. Catwoman. we'll just uh people will just take the nine lives thing at face value <laughs> yeah. selena kyle likes cats she must be like a cat yeah that you know that legend about cats <laughs> um it is i mean I, the look of this movie is very very cool i think because i it, this is bad tim burton as compared to batman but it's not like charlie and the chocolate factory or like dark shadows no, i would tim agree burton. with that yeah it's, it's more not, watchable than yeah, yeah it's some not of his bottom absolute, yeah no i agree with that <laughs> but the, the story itself is is the problem with this it's not really a batman story it's more of a villain story yeah mm-hmm. um and and you know there's probably as much danny devito screen time as there is michael keaton almost. yeah uh, but I do like the look of it. I like the look of uh, of Catwoman in particular. Yeah. <laughs> look. Look, guys. Michelle Pfeiffer still is beautiful. Yes. But just just think about her in her prime in that leather outfit. That was amazing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even when it gets like all shredded and stuff like that, like uh, I'm, meow, I'm, I'm, meow. Uh, <laughs> meow. And and she and uh, and Bruce and Michael Keaton do have like a palpable chemistry. Mm-hmm. You could make an argument that that they have a better chemistry than him and Kim Basinger. Well, yeah. totally agree. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but but she's got a lot more to chew on as a character than Kim Basinger did with Vicky Vale. Mm-hmm. So. And then there's that. So there's a line in there where uh, penguins being uh, uh, shown around, and they, they're trying to make him the candidate and everything. And and he's and uh, and it said and someone I think says something like, you know, you will be able to fill a void here or whatever. And he like sees Jan Hooks from Saturday Night Live. And he's like, I'd like to fill her void. <laughs> and you're like, God damn, dude, this is just oh come on. <laughs> Yeah, his shit's gross too, man. Yeah. Like, he's just a disgusting character, and you know, God bless him for for taking that next step and, and making him like literally gruesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely different than the uh, Burgess Meredith, like just kind of like cigar twirling kind of mm-hmm. did. It was Burgess Meredith that played him in the series. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but by the way, uh, the rumors are that Matt Reeves' new Batman movie with Pattinson is going to have the Penguin and the Catwoman as the villains, and I think that is a terrible idea. Why do you have to have more than one villain? Well, and also, it almost feels like an attempt to fix something, right? Like, even if you want to have two, those specific two villains have not only been featured before in a Batman movie, they were in the same one already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't need to. And then we saw another Catwoman after that. Mm -hmm. Like. Oh, we saw two more Catwomen. Give me a that. good Riddler, goddammit. Because we've got, yeah, we exactly. We'll talk about that in a second. But we had the Halle Berry Catwoman, then we had Anne Hathaway in the in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah. Well, it, did she ever really, was she ever really Catwoman in that? No. She's, Not really. She's a cat, cat burglar, and she's got the little Yeah, little but she was ears. never fucking Catwoman as we know her or anything no. like that. No, she was a little kicky in that one scene on the roof. <laughs> She's a little what? She's a little kicky. Kicky. Cow. Uh, On the other hand, we have Batman Forever, where Joel Schumacher took that, like, maybe lighthearted darkness that Tim Burton was doing and then turned it into complete, like, almost adaptation of Adam West type of stuff with a little bit of darkness. More lighthearted than anything. Now we're... Now we're talking about like they're putting on the suits. We've got to see the nipples and we've mm-hmm. got to see, you know, the bulges and mm-hmm. all these different things. <laughs> the bulges and the nipples. Yeah. yeah. Um, the peepees. Battle, ba- yeah, battle of the bulges. Uh, but uh, Batman Forever, I have a soft spot for it. Uh, mm. Jim Carrey's performance in this is uh, he, this is. This is right after he's had that 1994 where three movies, like, again, I've said before, I've never seen anybody like who was basically a nobody in January and then was hottest star ever by December. Yeah. And then uh, I I think Batman Forever was the next movie that came out uh, that following summer in this run of his. And this is the first time I'd ever seen him, like, even slightly have a serious bone in his body, like... He, he he's he's this well-meaning inventor named Edward Nigma, and uh, and he's trying to impress impress Bruce Wayne uh, with this invention that he's got, and uh, and it's this you know it's this mind reader thing. Of course, Bruce Wayne isn't about that mm. and everything. He's like, yeah, reading like the Val Kilmer reading minds and pulling his glasses off. <laughs> it's not anything that we're going to be doing here. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. It's almost like a David Caruso moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but, uh, but there's that, you know, that scene where like he starts, he starts turning villainous and everything. He's, you were supposed to understand. <laughs> I'll make you understand. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, through a series of uh, things, he becomes Riddler and that and everything. Uh, the one big huge knock against this though, Tommy Lee Jones is Harvey Dent. I don't know what he's doing. And, it's, it's, it's comical, but it's way. Yeah. And it's also in a way, in effect, whitewashing because Billy D. Williams was a good Harvey Dent. It's not like he was unavailable. Right. And they could, and know that they see Tommy Jones also had a hell of a like 1993 to 1995, uh, thing. So he was, he was in everything in 1994, and then in 1995, he's such a bankable person at this mm. point that they put him in there as Harvey Dent. And then, uh, you know, he's destined to become Two-Face. So, um, uh, but, you know, I think Tommy Lee Jones is fine. It's just that it's, I, I just rather have seen Billy D. Williams continue what he was doing. You oh, know? you think the character, he's okay in the character though? Yeah, he's fine. Oh, I thought, I thought he was, Jim Carrey is over the top, but you know, Jim Carrey's going to be, in fact, he's got that line towards the end where he's like if knowledge is power then a god am i and then he's like was that over the top i can never tell (laughs) so i mean he at least had a wink in there but two-face is just like yeah he is he is he is (laughs) does he have am i wrong is harley quinn like one of his henchmen in the background in this movie oh Hmm. it could be i know that uh uh, I don't know. Drew Barrymore's in like, this. Drew Barrymore uh, is women, and so is uh, she. She's Sugar, and Debbie Mazar is Spice. Okay. I was about to okay. say Debbie Mazar. It's either Debbie Mazar or Faruza Balk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I like the story. I don't really like Val Kilmer as Batman. Yeah, what's his deal? He started right around this time because this was post Tombstone. It was post Top Secret, which I watched the other day. It's so good. yeah, yeah. Same um, same year as Heat came out oh, yeah he's excellent in heat yeah. so i maybe that just took all i don't know it drained all his acting kilmer semen. wasn't like some huge hot property at the time i don't believe i don't think there wasn't anything that i can think of that he was just like fresh off of like let's let's put him in that you know but oh he came off of the doors i guess right? well the doors was 1990 or 91 somewhere around and then there. tombstone was 92 93 yeah um, I mean, he was a viable guy. He was, he was, he was an A-lister, but I don't remember, you know, I don't remember going, boy, you know, be great. Val Kilmer is Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that ever crossed my mind, but, um, and, and then, yeah, Nicole Kidman is, uh, <laughs> Dr. Is, Chase is the hottest psychiatrist Meridian. ever. Chase Meridian. Yeah, Chase Meridian. <laughs> <laughs> i read your profile i think you I, I think you love strong women don't you mr wayne blah 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 we book. also get robin in this movie we, yeah um i'm trying to yeah it's when he's because we see uh it was it, we see his origin story the circus yep, yep. and all of that because that's a two-faced bomb mm-hmm. yeah that blows up the circus mm-hmm. And then Bruce adopts him, yeah. as, as you do yes. uh, whenever there are orphans within 50 meters of you. You just make <laughs> them part of the family. He's he's uh, he's sort of learning how to live at Wayne Manor, and he like, he sneaks the Batmobile out during the middle of the night and 
and uh, you know, come into my love machine, baby, and all that bullshit. <laughs> um, you can tell I've seen this many times. <laughs> Is this the one that has the holy rusted metal crack? Oh, oh. it's either it's, well, it's either this one or the next one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, thought no, I think it is. This I because they're is climbing up into the yeah where the, he's holding uh, yeah, uh Nicole. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think that's right. Oh, and he does the Spider Man drop the. I yeah, like drop yeah. the woman you love and yeah, this yeah. other thing, and you got to choose. Right? He yeah. drops. He drops uh, Robin. He drops Robin, and he mm-hmm. drops. Uh, he drops Chase, and uh, of course, he's got some way of saving both of them. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, this movie isn't great, but I like it. <laughs> I tell you what, this does have, and we've talked about it a little bit. It's a great soundtrack. It does. It's yeah. got like a really unique soundtrack. The Flaming Lips song happens when he's when Edward Nigma is uh, is a. Uh, Nibbling. Yeah, Nick well, he's upset at his at his boss and the song is about stuff like that. Yeah, like it's it, like a bad day or something yeah. like that. Uh well, I used to love that song. Oh, and oh this it's is a great and, song. And the one that it's most known for is Kiss from a Rose, the yep. seal song. Which I, it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. It's cheesy, but uh, uh I've I've made love to that song many times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mm. like making love to music. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really? I prefer making love to a woman. Hey, yeah. Yeah. That's a dad joke from not a dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is Bad Days by Flaming Lips. Yeah. But I had PJ Harvey. This is like the 90s album ever. Uh, PJ Harvey, uh, Brandy, uh, Seal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mazzy Star. All oh, that Mazzy Star thing is awesome. The Offspring, Nick Cave. Uh, oh, the Method Man did a Riddler song. Uh, Michael Hutchins yeah. did an Iggy Pop cover, The Passenger, which you, you guys I have heard. Passenger. Uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. I want to listen oh, to this right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely a great soundtrack. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's some fun performances in it. Well, maybe is Jim Carrey the only fun performance I'm thinking of? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Pat Hagel's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Pat I Hagel. think, by the way, is he the only holdover cast member from the first two to the leave michael one. go oh alfred yeah yeah okay uh, yeah. was in all four of them okay but that's uh, the only other those are the only two people who have any continuity yeah yeah well and that's that's why it's even more uh of a crime they didn't put billy d in as uh as harvey dent because they they obviously carried over characters from the previous thing even though schumacher was taking it in a different direction I'd like to see Drew Barrymore's character's origin story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. How did you become Sugar? Mm-hmm, yeah. And Debbie Mazar, or Faruza Balk, how did you become it is kind of a, It is kind of an interesting uh, a, a, a period in Drew Barrymore's career, right? Because yeah. she's not A-list. She's, she's getting back to A-list from after having her issues as a teenager mm-hmm. and everything. This is about the time she's about 18, 19 years old. And she's getting back into it. So she was in this and Mad Love, I believe, yeah. was the same year. Uh, and then, then her little uh, 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 beginning part of Scream happened the following year. So she was getting back into that yeah, that yeah. fray and everything. And so it's interesting to see her. Like you watch the you, and I think Bad Girls came. Bad Girls may have even come out in ninety five or ninety four. Yeah, it did somewhere yeah, 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 in yeah. there. Yeah, uh, you see her in all these like you know low rent type of movies for a while and she's just kind of she's starting over like she doesn't have any you know she had that child actress uh era after et mm-hmm. and she was in firestarter and 
all these things yep. and then there was sort of a drop off and then she's in poison ivy and oh yeah all this stuff and then finally works her way back up bad girls was 94 mm-hmm. that's a terrible movie right yes yeah but it's, it's got a nine percent run. But it's got a lot Yikes. of got a, it's got a lot of fine honeys in it, man. Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe was the other one. Sharon Stone, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think Sharon Stone's in it. Madeline Stowe, and then uh, Mary Stuart Matheson. Mary, Mary Stuart Matheson's in it. Oh, what did I think? Oh, what was Quick in the Dead? Quick in the Dead, oh, the Western right. yeah, season. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, say Batman Forever on this one. This is this is a, a surprisingly tough one. I love. The soundtrack to Batman Forever. But you're right. Jim Carrey is really the only reason to watch this. There's some nice visuals, but Kilmer's terrible. Chris O'Donnell has nothing to work with. I got to go Batman Returns. Hmm. It's forever. If only because I cannot shake my disdain for Returns. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's wild how people overinflate that movie. You watch that. I mean... The, the the soundstage feel of it, the way you talked about it feeling small, is I'm sure they shot on a soundstage a bunch in the first Batman, but they didn't have the problem of it feeling yeah. like a soundstage <laughs> yeah. in this, yeah. like they did in the second one. So it's forever. Uh, get out of here, Burton. The score's better in the, in Batman Returns, though. Probably. Well, it's Elfman. And is, he, is he doing the score on the third one? No, he's mm-hmm. it's Elliot Goldenthal. Yeah, that's the, right. There you go. Score. But yeah. it's, it's not a bad score on forever, but it... You know the original Batman theme is unassailable. I think I think uh, technically he's just kind of working off of what Elfman was doing anyway, right? He and deviates yeah. a lot from that. Th- he's got the central uh, central theme. I was, dun, 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 dun. Mm. but he goes off like very early and oh, yeah. kind of does his own thing. Love that theme. Um, so Batman Forever will move on to face Avengers Infinity War. Ah, shit. Um. <laughs> short-lived run batman forever uh, yes uh on to our uh our matchups we have the avengers versus constantine oh. the avengers is number one constantine's the eight seed that feels right uh so constantine uh it, you know what this would be a great companion piece to devil's advocate right yeah of course <laughs> it's got everything it's it the suit the paranormal stuff, the yeah. religion stuff, the canoe stuff, there's, the LaBeouf there's stuff. Even, the there's even, there's even, yeah, the LaBeouf stuff. <laughs> I tell you what, me and my girlfriend got into some LaBeouf stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, we, uh, so yeah, the, he's a, he's an, uh, a, he's an angel called John Constantine. I was, I was, I was wondering if like, uh, well, he's not an angel. I guess he's a human that has uh, the ability to see demons. Right. He's like Bill Paxton in Frailty. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> he is exactly like Bill Paxton in Frailty. <laughs> did you just recently see Frailty? I did. I did too. I was going to say otherwise. That is a pull off the ass for the ages. Oh, my God. No, it was on one morning, and I was like, I haven't seen this in forever. I'll watch it. I did the same thing, and it's still great. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. Very good. Um. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so yeah, he, I was, I, when I heard, when I saw that his name was John, I was like, geez, how many times has Keanu Reeves played somebody named John yep. or something? It's probably three times, but uh, you know, like it feels like it's been a ton. Well, John Wick and, uh, let's see. No, there's definitely been other Johns. Well, I thought maybe Devil's Advocate because John Milton is thrown around so yeah, much, but that's Pacino's that's character. Yeah. He's Kevin, he's Kevin Lomax. Lomax. Um, and he's Neo yeah but his real name is john yeah anderson no but um constantine's kind of a 
confusing movie, but um uh he is he he can see demons and he he sends demons back to hell mm-hmm. and uh and uh he wants to go to heaven but he can't because he tried to kill himself early on and he died for two minutes and according to god god's like it's a mortal sin it's a mortal sin man you can't i can't allow you into heaven and he he talks to gabriel played by tilda swinton yeah baby um who uh who's like who says you know you you come you took a life Mm -hmm. you're fucked Mm -hmm. and uh you know you you, you're, you're not going to be able to get into heaven so he's like, man, how many demons have I sent to hell? Why am I even doing this? Yeah. You know, if, if I can't go to heaven. Meanwhile, he's got lung cancer. Yeah, he's, oh, he's yeah. irascible too, man. He's, Nobody- a, he's a bastard. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there, there's a point where he gets on the elevator and uh, Rachel Weiss, uh wants to get on the elevator. And she goes, she goes um uh, she says something like so I hold the door go- going down hold hold the door i'm going down and and he goes not if i have anything to say about it and he <laughs> closes the door he's like sitting there smoking a cigarette yeah. um the story starts where uh rachel vice plays a girl named angelica and her twin sister isabel has committed suicide and uh and she believes it's not a suicide she thinks that there's something else involved and we find out that she's got psychic powers mm-hmm. and uh but uh due to some very very specific and weird powers that constantine possesses by sticking his feet into a vat of water uh and uh like he's able to go down into hell yeah and, water's a conduit man yeah and he's able to see that isabel is down there and that she is burning because she committed suicide why did she commit suicide you might ask because this <laughs> is the next thing uh and there's this whole uh you know good versus evil there's a balance that's being maintained maintained jaiman hounsu plays a character that's uh helping maintain the balance somehow i don't know yeah yeah uh, there's rules he's papa midnight he's, <laughs> there's rules his name is midnight his well, name oh my god is midnight and, and john uh, constantine comes up to him and doesn't call him papa he calls him midnight yeah. every time like I, yeah that's his name like man. shades of back to the future <laughs> no. yeah. what are you gonna do about a midnight well sneakers oh that's right mm-hmm. he calls oh sydney poitier it's, that's yeah, right sneakers yeah um but uh someone someone has fucked this balance up because this movie's all man movie has so much shit going on it starts off telling you about the spear of destiny uh (laughs) some guy in mexico like accidentally himself into finding the spear of (laughs) destiny powerful artifact yeah whoever controls the spear of destiny holds the fate of the world in their hands you see him go off on some weird killing spree or something he, he walks off with the spear of destiny this guy in mexico and he goes and he walks into the street and this car just blam hits him and yep. he, he gets up and he yeah, starts, keeps walking, <laughs> keeps walking. And then, uh, and then you see him walk across a field with cattle and the cattle just fall over <laughs> as he is, as he walks past. When did you stop talking about Constantine and start recounting the plot of Aquaman? Um, it was about <laughs> three minutes ago. You were looking at your phone. Um, and I made a really weird switch there. That's right. Um, and, Spear of destiny. yeah so there's all that stuff um and it's like he, there's a a passage about the son of satan <laughs> wants to create his own hell 
that is beyond the rules of God and his father. And, but the only way he can get up on earth is if he gets God's help. And I guess God's help is through Gabriel, mm-hmm. but Gabriel's not God. I don't think, I don't think she's consulted God about this. I think he's dealing straight with but Gabriel. Do you think, how does Gabriel have the power to, to, to bring the son of Satan up if it's not God's power? I think by upsetting the balance. I think that's what movie's saying. Speaking of which, there's another guy who plays a character named Balthazar, mm-hmm. played by Bush frontman Gavin Rossdale. That's right. Oh. And by God, he's good. Well, he is good in this movie. Yeah, he is. Well, right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, you know what? It shows that anybody can act. It does. It's, it, it is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's good. He's okay. only in a few oh, roles, but, well, okay. a few, but uh, there's scenes. a lot of stuff in this that I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> the, the, the Constantine is brought to, I believe, is it Mexico in the early part of it? It might be just a Spanish community. No, it's in LA. It's in LA. Yeah, it's yeah. a Spanish community in LA. And, uh, and, uh, his buddy Pruitt Taylor Vince has, has tried to get this demon out of her and he fucks it up because he's not good. Mm-hmm. And then Constantine comes in and tries to say all this latin stuff and it doesn't work so he's like get me a mirror three feet high and all that and then they bring this mirror in and then he speaks some more latin and the demon is trapped behind the mirror yeah it's like general zod <laughs> yeah and then, then <laughs> and then and then he throws the mirror he tells shia labeouf to move his cab up a little bit and he throws the mirror out and shatters it and the demons he, he's introduced really well in this movie because he, he comes in he's all like chain smoking and stuff like that and uh, he goes up to this little girl who's possessed by the demon and he's like get out of there asshole <laughs> <laughs> Keanu Reeves is very good in this movie. Hmm. Like he plays this. Now this is based on a comics. It's not just one graphic novel. Like it's a serial, I think. Oh, he's a character. Yeah, he's a character. <laughs> well, yeah, that was very Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. he's a character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think he's terrific in this. Role. I think he's good for the most part. There are parts in there where he's explaining things to Rachel Vice, and, yeah, and he does his usual Keanu he's, Reeves he's acting tough. Yeah, where he's like. This is the, you know, he does, when Keanu has something really important to say, he's the first to, he'll say something and pause for a really long time. Not the William Shatner way. (laughs) This is a long pause and then he'll continue talking (laughs) after that. Um, uh, That's what Joey on Friends calls smell the fart acting. (laughs) Whenever the line's too long to remember, you say the first part, then you make a face like you smell a fart, like you're thinking really hard. And then the rest of the line comes to you. (laughs) Anyway, uh, having seen Constantine uh, recently, uh, I liked it better than I did the first time I watched it. (laughs) I still wish that it was, I, I still wish that the CGI was better in this. It's eye gouging how bad the the CGI is in this. I know they're trying to make this hellscape, you know, it's like all, you know, all blurry and and shit's like coming off of things and mm-hmm. you know, it looks all hazy and stuff, but I'm I I that stuff bores me. I can't. <laughs> it's I, really just windy down there. It really is. Hell is it's hella windy. If, it's hella if, windy. I, I feel like if Alex Proyas had given this like dark city type of yeah. look and everything, this would have been a badass movie. Mm. As it is, it's pretty good. It's got a 7.0 I on like this IMDb. Movie a lot. Yeah. You know who's good in this movie? Uh, Peter Stormare. Oh, yeah. That's the devil. Okay, so. He's playing Lou. <laughs> I had a conversation last night uh, with uh, Finley from Modern Horrors about 
what we were trying to figure out the most normal character Peter Stormare has ever played. Mm. And like his argument ultimately was was Fargo. Mm. And because even though he murders that cop and he's a psycho, he really doesn't talk a whole lot. So no. that may be the most normal. It started because we were talking about that Seinfeld episode where he calls the electrical outlet holes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that bit where they're sitting around the table and, and George was like, we're not stealing it. And the other guy's like, we're not stealing it. And the other guy's like, I definitely thought we're stealing it. <laughs> I would I would probably say Armageddon is his most oh, normal. Yeah, yeah. His most good normal. call. I forgot all about that. Yeah, I mean, and, and Stormare's been in so many movies that it's, it's, you know, at this point, he's probably played way more normal than we think. But yeah, he usually is. Like, like Minority Report, he's... He's oh, yeah. way off the the deep end in that, and then of course in this co- movie he's playing Satan, so he's got to play it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's really really he's only in one scene, but it, he's really good in this. Oh, interesting. Uh, I like this movie a lot. I I like you're right about the CG in particular, um, but I think Rachel Vice is good. Boy, they really tit her up. They they try yeah. to <laughs> they try to wet in her t shirt like as much well, as humanly possible. That, that's a really funny scene uh, when that when he puts her in the bathtub and she takes off like one little like jacket or whatever. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do you need a blanket to put? Her? Yeah, <laughs> um, hold hold And uh, and she she goes, uh, do do I need to take off all of my clothes? And Keanu Reeves does this thing where he's like just looking down at her. And then and then she goes, John, <laughs> and he goes, I'm thinking. <laughs> and she goes, and he goes, no, no, you can keep your clothes. <laughs> uh, it goes up against the Avengers. Mm. Um, uh, uh, definitely a uh, like almost a miracle, right? That this movie got made in mm-hmm. the end. Think about all the things that have to go right for this to, you have to have a flagship like iron man appeal to everybody which it did uh a movie that no a character not very many people knew about or cared about and robert downey jr was a huge risk yep. at the time um uh so to start with iron man and then you say all right fuck it we're gonna put all these individual characters in their own movies and people are gonna go see it because we are building up to something. We're building up to the Avengers all in one movie. Miracle it got it happened, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane. Uh and they give it a good story and this is uh uh is this still I don't know, is this still the best Avengers out there? Is Infinity War is still really good. This too. is my favorite Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh and I don't think it's even close. Infinity War probably is a number 2, but none of it captures the fun, none of the Avengers mm. capture the fun, the quippiness, not the the overindulgence and quippiness that we've talked about before in Age of Ultron and stuff like that. Doesn't feel forced. Seems like the relationships work. Seems like the antagonism works. Great villain. Yeah, we've got some disposable minions at the end, mm-hmm. but it also wreaks havoc on an actual city. So there are actual stakes there. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anything comes close to like the original Whedonesque vision of this movie no it's my favorite avengers movie and it's in the top three probably of my favorite mcu Mm. movies um and i still you know when i get done with passengers i may i may throw avengers into editing software i'd still think it's about 12 minutes too long on the front end oh see i love that stuff 
I love that. I, I love the meetups. I love the story, the introduction of Hawkeye. I love the introduction of, well, it's not an introduction of uh, Black Widow, but um, I love her entrance scene where she's, you know, mm-hmm. tied up. She's poured into that bodysuit and like, you know, she's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about to make this happen. I'm not even saying like the very, very front. End. Yeah, yeah. I just mean in the first half of the movie, it, it, it takes too long to get to that second hour, uh, which is almost perfect in my book. It is. It is. I just think I think to have that be perfect I th- for that to pay off. I think you need all the stuff building up. You need the antagonism between Cap and Tony. You need the bromance with uh, with Bruce and Tony, and you need Clinton and uh, Natasha kind of like doing their playful stuff. Do we? And then the the <laughs> Thor versus Hulk thing. <laughs> Do yeah, we? I I think so. Do we? Yeah. I think so. I mean, I for the larger story, uh, you know, uh, that we're that we're about to see the, the fact that he knows her history and and all that that's important i wish they had explored that a little bit more though um just yeah. a little bit um in some other movies maybe if they had made a black, oh, totally. Wid- yeah, black yeah. widow movie like they should have probably mm-hmm. i know you don't agree but hey no um yeah. but just, it's too late now which is of course mm-hmm. when they're going to do it yeah they're going to make a black widow movie now <laughs> yeah and there's only one way to do it i think there was a point where they said there's no way we can do a black widow movie and be profitable on it but then they realized everything they come out with is profitable so yeah you can make gold yeah by the way did you see any of that chef tv show thing yet no no i want to watch that oh, with my i wife. saw the first episode yeah the one with gwyneth paltrow what'd you think i loved it i i watched probably three or four episodes of this and it's fucking amazing i loved yes. it you yes. know um, i want to blast her for not knowing she was in spider-man homecoming but then i almost equally want to blast myself for thinking that because <laughs> there if you're in the mcu you probably just get an assistant calling you going you got to be in atlanta today for a shoot where you're playing pepper pots mm-hmm. be there at 11 or whatever like you probably don't necessarily i can almost forgive that but if it, but it's but well, it's gwyneth paltrow especially with the vibrating vagina rock selling <laughs> goop website <laughs> i don't I, she's already lost credence with me vibrating vagina rock. that's uh. a thing she like her website pushed these Vaginal rocks that were supposed to look like holistic what, bullshit what medicine. What are they supposed to do? I promise when you're doing <laughs> research it on it. It's supposed to, I don't know, help with the feminine hygiene. It's oh. thoroughly debunked, but she was selling them through her Goop website. You can research this. There'll mm-hmm. be plenty of news stories about the <laughs> vagina rocks. Damn. Why don't we name our kid Apple? You'll look like more like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like um, the, uh, yeah, I... I when I heard that, I was like, that's, t- that sounds typical to me. Like, I think I would forget if I was in, if I'm playing the same character, but it's across a whole bunch of yeah. different movies. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't. I'm that much of a movie nerd and I'm mm. not, I don't really think all actors are movie nerds. That's no, true. That's no, true. No. You know, um, so, uh, so, but that was, that was pretty charming and they made it way bigger a deal on twitter than they did when then they did on the show yeah she says oh i wasn't on that and he goes yeah you were and she goes i was in the avengers and he's like no you were in spider-man homecoming remember uh tom holland was there and she goes oh i was on that and <laughs> there's she- also a video of the one of the premieres of the Endgame or something where she didn't know who sebastian stan was right. and chris pratt is explaining that's bucky 
He's the and she goes who? And he, she goes that's the Winter Soldier. And she goes oh now see yeah. that I understand because she's never had any scenes with him. Or well, anything no, like that. I'm just saying it's it's only plausible if she's not plugged into the Avengers universe. And why would she? be? She probably just watches the premiere and then never mm-hmm. comes back. to I mean, it at all. she's probably in these movies because she was in the first Iron Man, yep. not because like she was some comic nerd. Yeah. Anyway, I tell you what though that chef that chef show is dangerous for somebody who wants to eat everything oh, oh I bet. well wait until you get further into the, Dude, the season they, the first one is all about what they made in the movie right they made the beignets they made the cubanos oh that's later on the, they do like an all chef inspired menu that's like i don't know episode four or something is like that, that four yeah i just clicked on the 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 start watching the series and that's the first episode hmm they make the chef recipes with Gwyneth Paltrow yeah so yeah because um well the the first one's not because it's a vegan thing that they make with her right right uh but then after that they make um they make the cubanos they do in in a later episode they make some more of it they make what they call scarlet's pasta with the the pasta they makes for scarlet johansson uh, okay and then they they do the beignets in that one too that's that's it, where i got confused uh but there's uh there i may have seen, maybe i've seen saw two episodes but they had bill burr on one yeah that's the first that is the first episode the other one is just uh roy Choi, uh john favreau and babish okay binging, I, I don't, binging with babish I, mm-hmm. I don't think i've even seen that one then um anyway yeah the food that they're making on there is yeah, goddamn no unbelievable <laughs> uh anyway uh the avengers is fun it's going to beat constantine for sure or over here i don't think anybody's going to be bringing like think constantine's better unless barrett's going to filibuster i'm not i mean i you know keanu reeves is is just it's well deserved that he's getting all this attention right now but it's getting a little exhausting like share your keanu stories and like this is how he was a kind sweetheart to me and this is why he loves making movies and, was, and let's show him behind the scenes of toy story it's and there was that whole uh twitter thing where like they were putting play on his name and everything like keanu leaves oh yeah twitter's the fucking worst with that shit. <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's he the, is like he, we decide collectively let's make puns and then that trending list is useless for six hours i know it's a uh, he is terrific and always be my maybe uh, he's playing an exaggerated version of himself. He's hilarious, but um, you know, it's just a confluence of the new Wick movie. Always be my maybe. He's got the Toy, Toy Story, Story four, yeah. and then he just was part of some new video game announcement at E three, whatever the fuck. Uh, and so it's all happening within like a month and a half, and it's definitely overload. Well, I've been on the Keanu train since 1997, so y'all can fucking suck it. Yeah. And and Constantine is part of that train. Mm. It's the mid part. It's the the thing with the catfish and Snowpiercer part of the train. Don't they have right. catfish? I don't know. Be a, be a shoe. There's a there's a catfish in the middle of the train that they cut open with the axes before they have that big axe fight. Oh, uh, yes, as you do. Um <laughs> our next matchup is the 4 seed A History of Violence versus Ooh. the 5 seed Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah, this, that's a good match. This is definitely the hardest 4 or 5 I yeah. believe out of this whole group. Wow. Um A History of Violence is a great movie. David Cronenberg did this. Vigo Mortensen uh is playing this uh small town diner guy uh who um 
uh, is is living this simple life with Maria Bello and his and their two kids. And uh, we we the movie starts off with these two like violent criminal guys, like they're at a motel or something. They're about to leave this motel, and they've killed a bunch of people at this motel. And you're like, what is that all about? Well, at the at the they're driving across the country to um to uh, to get away and to get away from the law and all that or get back with their i can't remember why they're going cross country though but mm. the the two criminals at the very beginning of the movie you know what i'm talking about yeah the, because they're the ones who end up going to the diner mm-hmm. before it just like and just as it's closing and they're being told that it's being closed and that's when we find out that the vigo mortensen character is a badass and yeah he, like whoa he kills him dead yeah um they they they're they try to rob the diner try to get some they're trying to get some money because they're almost out of it or whatever by the time they get to wherever they are they're at like uh, indiana it's indiana Mm -hmm. and so his heroics get in the news and suddenly he's getting visited by ed harris who's calling him by a different name Mm mm-hmm and, and he's pretty sure that this guy is Joey something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he and Vigo just keeps on saying, no, I'm this guy. You know, uh, don't you must got some got the wrong person. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you're like, is this guy is Vigo really the Joey guy? That it is? keeps you guessing for what feels like forever. Yeah. And, and, and you know that, you know, that the Ed Harris character is a guy who doesn't play around. He's like a huge gangster and you're like, holy shit. And he did, he did, uh, he did go ham on those two guys mm-hmm. in the diner. How does somebody small town know all this kind of like techniques and stuff like that? Um, I don't know if I want to spoil it or not. Mm-mm. Yeah, um, that's not. I don't think there's any reason to. There's no reason to. We also, because the movie is short. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we'd be getting to almost the whole the whole movie by this point because mm-hmm. it would, to, to explain whether or not he is or isn't this person. Um, but there is a turn from William Hurt in this that's about eight or nine minutes, and he got nominated for an Oscar for it. Was it that? Yeah, because he's just in a certain part of the he's movie just in for a little bit. Part yeah. of the movie and. Uh, but history violence is great, and it also the 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 appearance of the Ed Harris character and the doubt that it puts on Vigo's character changes a lot of stuff in his marriage too. Mm-hmm. Maria Bello looks at him like he is, you know, he hung the moon and stars and everything, and then st- things start to to creep up. And we were talking about this in Road to Perdition, how violence begets violence and everything. After. Uh, after a certain scene where his kid sees some violence, what is what happens the next scene? Yep, He's, he gets in a fight at school. He gets again, in a right? fight yeah, at yeah. school. It's the same thing. But um, it's got some. It, there is violence in this movie, mm-hmm. but it's got a, 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 a sexy scene. Yes, it does. It's got a real sexy scene. Maria Bello is got to be one of the sexiest women I've ever seen. In my she life. is. She comes. She comes out because she really, really loves her husband. She mm-hmm. gets all dressed up as a cheerleader. As a cheerleader, and oh man, what Woo! a scene! Woo! They have they have high school sex. They do. Except oh oh they're 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 sixty nine. Yeah yeah. You know what I mean? I've forgotten this part of the movie. They they're he, he gets in there like even mm. never, I, I don't know if they're using plugs or whatever to like you know for the oh, actors. i'm sure there's a there's a mash of some sort there's, uh, yeah a mash. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
some sort of, you know, latex filling. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they get in and they start like, Funk! and doing the, doing the, the mouth. This is the, this is the sun? No. No, it's high. She gets dressed up as a cheerleader. You remember the scene? No. She gets dressed up as a cheerleader, Maria, Maria Bello. It's at and, the very beginning. And oh, she comes okay. into the bedroom and, and starts uh, sexing him up. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that cheerleader outfit, man. Maria yeah. Bello in this movie and the cooler. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Well, and I I mean, is there a bad cheerleader outfit? No. No. And it, it, it is very sexy, by the way, but it also is a very, seems like very necessary it shows, way to get across their relationship shows how incredibly in love with each other they are and everything and and it's and it's crazy uh the thing that about this movie uh, it, that it makes you consider is 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 the heroic deed in the movie that heroic you know because he's or it Maybe it is. I don't know. It just seems like uh, even the violence that he uses in the heroic deed is being questioned a little mm-hmm. bit, too. Um, because uh, did he really have to go to that? Link? I guess he did. I guess he did have to go to that. Link. It seemed but, like they were they were. Going but to... like it also it also exposes a kind of underbelly of violence that he's been suppressing. Mm hmm this whole time and everything there's definitely a comment about that that's there's more than just heroism going on in that scene Vigo's terrific the couple of things that i found when i was uh, looking this up by the way is that he vigo mortensen says that this is one of the best movies he's ever been in if not the best oh he's been in a lot of good movies mm-hmm. the other thing is uh the los angeles times has called it the last major hollywood film to be released on vhs no oh. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. This is 2005. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. But uh, end of an era. Um, it goes up against Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. I think some people put this up there with the Dark Knight. They do. This is put up there. It's a, it's a, it's a movie that is taking superhero seriously, and it's a film on on all of its own you can forget about superheroes and villains and things this is an actual film here because it's taking the conspiracy theory 70s spy you know 70s thrillers and everything and throwing it into a marvel movie um i mean it's still a silly comic book movie in the end though yeah sure i mean it's about you know an unfrozen caveman (laughs) yeah unfrozen caveman life (laughs) Yeah. Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's there's things logistically wrong with this movie. Unfrozen caveman, I'm just Bucky. A caveman. <laughs> I'm just a caveman. Uh, I don't know about Hydra. I don't know about these uh, yeah. helicarriers. Uh, your your ways confuse and frighten me. <laughs> I just watched this with my son about because we're going through the MCU and all that. Uh, rewatched it. I, we've talked about how we don't like this as much as as other people do. But every time I watch it, like it gets a little better. It gets a little better. Yeah. And uh, I'm able to dismiss a few things, the logistics about the Bucky shit and all that. But like, I, I, I like the route that they're going here. I like the action scenes are a mess, but they're not the, the focus of the movie, except for the, the elevator scene. The elevator scene is terrific. Yeah. And I mean, that final scene with him and Bucky fighting on the collapsing whatever might as well be the end of Spider-Man Homecoming yep. in terms of like making any sense to me. Uh, it is my favorite of the three quote unquote standalone Captain America movies. Absolutely. Um, and I do think it's, it's pretty watchable. It does not achieve the seventies spy thing. It thinks it achieves, but it achieves enough of it mm-hmm. that it feels different than the other movies in the MCU. 
Um, I I give this movie half a letter grade just for having Robert Redford in it. Yeah. And he's and he's not phoning it in, Robert Redford either. No, no. he seems to be really enjoying this. Yeah, and I mean, especially he, towards the end. Yeah, um, yeah. So again, I don't probably like it as much as the average MCU fan. I probably like it a little more now than I did when it first came out. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. And uh, he and Scarlett Johansson have this. She, she is really good with just about this entire cast, like uh, the one-on-one stuff with Bruce and with Clint and with uh, with Cap, like. She she just seems like a perfect screen partner, uh, at least in this series. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, so, it's good. Um, yeah, I think it's a good movie. I'm again, I'm like, I think I'm like Jeremy. I, I just I didn't fawn over it like everybody did when it came out. It, they, they were making it seem like this was like the second coming or whatever. This is the you know, uh, this is the new standard that we need to reach. When no, we've We've still got better standards, I think, than this movie. Is Falcon introduced in this movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is on thought. your left. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, on your left. And there's a there's there's I, I I do like what the Russo brothers did with all of this and everything. And, uh, and I there there are moments that I'm I'm I still like I just can't believe that you know I mean they're they're I guess they're fun on their own, but logically I just can't get past it. Like the whole Zola is put his entire consciousness into a computer that also warns cap and and black widow <laughs> it warns and then has is, is suicidal too. yeah and is suicidal uh the 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 mere fact that they that zola thought bucky was important enough to go back into the fucking mountains to go find and and do this winter soldier thing this experiment on that doesn't make any sense to me the only reason why he's important is because we know who bucky is right yep we know who bucky is he doesn't know who the fuck bucky Mm -hmm. is that's what just never jibed with me at all on this thing uh but you know take these scenes on their own the action is good the the conspiracy is good it's Mm -hmm. just never i've never had it really like up there yeah for me you know the russo brothers you know what they directed before this it was uh they did some uh, arrested development they did but the only features that they did was welcome to collinwood oh yeah and that which is that crazy george clooney thing that we've talked about before and you me and dupree oh yeah that was it they did uh community too right they they did some other like i'm not sure like they did another comedy yeah but the rest of development because they put the bluth stairs car in civil war yeah they did do community by the way um yeah i'm curious to see where they go next they're gonna make a movie with tom holland that sounds nothing like an mcu movie Mm -hmm. um and i'm excited about that yeah yeah i like me some tom holland me too all right, so what's winning? History yeah. of Violence or Captain America the Winter Soldier? <sighs> There's the only reason... Why am I just assuming I get to go first? You go first, baby. The only reason I would pick Winter Soldier would be to minimize negative feedback from people who do hold that movie up with the Dark Knight. Yep. I think A History of Violence is a better movie start to finish. And if you want to yell at me because it's comic book movie by technicality... I can't hear you. <clears throat> I'm recording this well before you listen. Uh, I'm voting history of violence. Okay, Barrett. Uh, I really have you read this graphic novel? No, but uh, it's next on my list to buy. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see how because it's David Cronenberg who we know from Videodrome and like uh, you know all these like body horror films and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think this is the 
the first one where he really steps out of that that mold and it, it, of course he did eastern promises too mm-hmm. with the uh, my favorite part of a history of violence is where Vigo fights this dude in a sauna when he's naked. That's Eastern Eastern Promises. Yeah, that's, that's, what's, <laughs> yeah. that's, East, um, that's a history of Eastern. Yeah, I, this is this is closer than I thought it was going to be because, like I said, Captain America or Winter Soldier is like kind of climbing up a little bit, but History of Violence is like one of the best movies I've seen over in this like century. So mm. I'm going to go with that. All right, mm. I was also going to go with History of Violence, so I'm glad that you didn't give the decision to me there. <laughs> uh yeah um it, it it is it is a kind of an interesting thing like, like i said when we've included these road to perdition and and history of violence these are inherently great films yeah that are going up against what is considered to be kind of silly entertainment fair um it is going to be interesting how they go against the other the other the big heavy mm-hmm. hitters and everything i can't wait well, History of Violence is going up against Avengers. Going up against Avengers next. Uh, the next one we have is the two-seed Superman, the original Superman, and the seven-seed Thor Ragnarok. Oh. Ragnarok. You know, I think Ragnarok is overrated. No! No, you're wrong. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Ragnarok like two nights ago. And I, too, thought that before I watched it again, because I'd seen it probably two or three times or so, and this is my fourth time, and it was a delight. I I think it, my point is, I think it's great. I think it's a delight. I still think it's overrated. No. Uh, Okay. Well, it was so much fun, and Thor the Dark World was so terrible. I think we talk talk it up a little. Well, this is, though, it came out right before black panther right it was the one right before mm-hmm. black panther so it came out in between uh doctor strange and i believe homecoming and black panther and it, it it's this great run of marvel movies of mcu movies and then they kind of get bogged down and like captain marvel and like you know infinity war or Endgame, you know um i think i think it it it's riding the crest of that great stretch of mcu movies the i i think thor ragnarok is great i love i love movies like this um but it feels like it's the parody of thor Mm. it totally changes his character completely changes. yeah and um and the other thing is is that you know i talk about ill-defined powers the (laughs) the hella character in this who knows what's going on there mm-hmm. i can i can smash thor's hammer with my one hand but still have struggles later on mm-hmm. like it doesn't seem like she should have any struggles whatsoever i don't think she does have struggles though the only time that she gets like even breaks a sweat is when she's fighting valkyrie thor and loki all at the same time uh because I, again like you i i had those feelings that i didn't understand her motivations her powers and stuff like that but having watched it again, like I do understand her motivation. She's pissed off, rightfully so. Like her dad, she's on this whole like you know death binge and conquering and stuff like that. Dad's just like, nah, I want to do something else. And he just fucking like imprisons her for thousands of years, and then you know glosses over all of her accomplishments. And you know it shows when she's um when she takes down the the covering of the artwork that mm-hmm. she's in, she's holding the hammer. So I think she's as all powerful as she thinks she is. 
you know, she just can't locate where these, where the rest of the uh, Asgardians are. I just don't think there's any reason why she should lose at all the way that was presented. Yeah. To uh, Surtur? To nobody. She loses to to the Fire God guy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, and but it, well, I'm sorry. Just one more technicality. I don't think she dies. I don't think she gets conquered. He just destroys the planet. So is so she's she, still out there? Potentially. She's more powerful than Thanos. I mean, we just had she two movies got, after this with she's Thanos. She's out there floating like Leia. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, right. They're both floating yeah. side by side. Like, yeah, hey, <laughs> what's up? No, uh, I think like she survived. If anything's going to take out an all-powerful being, it would be like the destruction of a planet. So it's possible that she was killed in that. But I think his mission was to destroy Asgard and not her. Yeah, I'll say this too. I mean, uh, whether or not the movie does define these powers and that all of this makes sense, nearly everything in this movie is moot by, oh, the, next, by the next movie. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, somehow they they kick the legs out of this movie's you know ending and everything. Mm-hmm. Let's find another Asgard. Oh, okay, everybody, you know, half our people got destroyed and. And <laughs> you cannot get more stark differences between the end of this movie where it's like Meek's dead, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And then the beginning of Infinity War, yeah. which takes place on the exact same, you know, location. Yeah. And and uh, there is like some sort of weird like explanation and end game about what happened with those uh, half of those other. What was it? I, I haven't seen Endgame since it last came out, but there was like some half-assed, maybe there was no-assed uh, explanation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they just go to New Asgard, yeah. and then they're there. And Valkyrie's just like, eh, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Well, like, what? Did you go through like some sort of, I don't know, time travel pod? I have no, I, it may have been, but I've seen Endgame twice, and I don't remember the explanation. Yeah, okay. So maybe they never explain how they got off the ship and everything. Um, maybe they... Maybe they, I don't know. It doesn't say that Thanos mm. let them go or mm. anything or that they have escaped or, uh, but yeah, that, it, this movie's really undercut by the next two movies. I know. And it's a shame because I would have liked to seen, you know, more of that fun being, you know, from his storyline be brought through. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm as big a Ragnarok fan as, as anybody. So I, I, you know, it, it, it's just that I feel like a lot of it's just been knocked down since it's like, if you. If you make a movie that's great, and then the next movie tells you, "Oh yeah, by the way, none of that happened." <laughs> exactly. Know? This movie yeah. is beautiful, by the way. Like yeah. the uh, the colors on the uh, the trash planet are all like these purples and greens, and you know, salmons and stuff like that. And it's I don't know. I love me some Taika Waititi. Yeah, the guy is just a genius. Have you seen any of the show? What we do in the shadows? I have not. I saw the movie. The movie's boss. Yeah, I liked the movie, but I haven't seen the show. And I think he's a producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he's great. Again, I, 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 I buried the lead. My main thought about Ragnarok did not need to be it's overrated. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I, I just, you know, mm-hmm. we spent three months slobbering on Jeff Goldblum's dong just because he showed up to beat Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> uh, it was that, and wasn't he in a couple of other things too? Yeah, it was like this Keanu thing, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody was all like, "Oh, Jeff Goldblum!" I'm like, "Yep, that's him." Yeah, that's him. Doing that's him. what he does. Yeah. That's his thing. It, he's funny. He's but, got makeup but he's on. He's funny because he's he's funny. Anyway, sorry. I'm I can't wait. By the way, salty. This does open up like the. What are they called? Like, uh, 
infinities or the 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 characters the grandmaster and the collector I like and the, then there's one more mm-hmm. like the immortals basically yeah. that have been around since the beginning of time i would love to see a jeff goldblum benicio del toro and whoever they come up mm-hmm. with the curly guy in in some sort of space adventure I curly think guy thinking three stooges oh okay, okay, okay. <laughs> there's there's more than three of them in the comics are there yeah i i'm interested i wish they would go super high concept and do something that would really stretch your brain a little bit like if they included death it, it was death that mm-hmm. thanos is trying to yeah but they pretty much just forgot he that death even existed i think i i guess they're not trusting their audience to be able to to keep up with mm-hmm. that and i understand that there aren't there's not a lot of people that want to go in and be like, oh, I want to think about death as a character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you can you can make William Sadler play him again. Oh, <laughs> hey. Um, then uh, it's going up against uh, Superman, 1978. Uh, Richard Donner. This uh, this movie. Uh, we 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 talk about these phases of like how we were getting into comic book movies and everything. You know, the first uh, the Tim Burton Batman is a is a milestone, and the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man and X-Men 2 and then Dark Knight. These are all like milestones. But this is another one that, you know, it, Superman is silly, but it takes it takes it generally seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it into an actual fun action film and everything. Origin story, uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, a great origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I love the original Superman um <coughs> it's overrated <laughs> um <laughs> i grew up um watching on television the the adam west batman mm-hmm. and the george reeves superman show mm-hmm. black and white i don't know if you guys ever saw that yeah <coughs> and this was the first <laughs> superhero movie i ever saw it was superman i'm sure i saw it on tv not in the theater um and it has a special place for me mm-hmm. it's goofy and it's dated uh but it's still great yeah i love it and he's i mean this he should always be the archetype for casting i mm-hmm. think uh the most perfect casting job to date in a, in a superhero movie and that even includes robert downey jr and everybody he's, else he's got a personality like he's he's a do-gooder but he's got a person and a, a nice relatable personality brandon ruth did not have a relatable personality even Henry Cavill doesn't have much of a relatable personality as Clark. Like, it, he had a little bit more to work with. He he was a little more relaxed in that role. Yeah. No, uh, it really, yeah. And he also, he gives you a different, you know, when he when he when when he's Clark, he, he's awkward and mm-hmm. fumbly and stumbly and <laughs> fumbly, nimbly, bimbly. I just, I just like it. <laughs> this has a soft, a soft place in my heart. Yep, and it has the uh, yeah it has the ridiculous going around the world thing. But when you're a kid, yep, isn't that the best thing in the world? <laughs> like you could like, oh my god, he can go, he can make the world turn backwards, and that makes sense. The time goes backwards too. Yeah, as opposed to the oceans falling on top of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes, now, this um, is. I wonder if this is the only movie that Gene Hackman and Marlon Brando have been in together. Wow. Hmm. I wow. think so. I, I can't can, think. I of can it. look this up. Yeah, if you want. Well, no, Marlon Brando's in Welcome to Mooseport. <laughs> they uh, they did a weekend at Bernie's thing. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, oh man! It's, you know, Gene Hackman may be like dock worker six and on the waterfront. Or yeah, something yeah. Like that. that's true. Well, all time score. 
Superman. Yes. And then we have um, Margot Kidder. Yep. And um, she looks a lot like Karen Allen, but both Margot Kidder and Karen Allen were um, were heartthrobby for me when I was a, a prepubescent. Was it boy. the giant glasses? <laughs> it was the love. She had giant, giant glasses. I had a thing for sassy, smart brunettes. Yeah. I'm 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 down with it. That's why I like you so much. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, yeah, no iconic score, John Williams, being John Williams. Uh, how 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 much? How, what's he looking for over there? Is he like downloading the movie? It's the uh, yeah, it's downloading the, the movie. It's the IMDb collaborations thing. Oh, yeah, which is super you can, cool. Like, see who's. But the problem is, like, they'll probably give you like the the sixtieth Academy well, Awards I'll, or like I'll weed through that. Jimmy Kimmel Live and. 1994 it is it is the only time they were ever in the same movie but they were not in the same room no they weren't in fact i don't think i don't think brando even showed up to set did he we didn't have to i will say that it is kind of interesting they were both on the same episode of the mike douglas show (laughs) i figured it was something like that yeah uh that was jimmy kimmel live back in the 60s yeah it was um so yeah, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna go Superman here. Mm-hmm. I I I think I think uh, as far as like comedy and just entertainment and everything, I do like Thor Ragnarok better. But I think as the for the story involved and and the you know the it, I I just like Superman better uh, as far as the story is concerned. You could you could certainly make the case that it's a more important movie if you can you know draw yeah. import out of a a, a, a superhero movie mm-hmm. it it had more influence uh than than something like thor ragnarok which is just kind of an oddity within a, a yeah, cinematic it's a, universe. It's, a, it's a you know it's a bridge over to uh the avengers infinity war and uh and it and it and it almost can't even hold up on its own now because of what's happened at her. it does and in fact when i when i saw that that end credit scene where thanos's ship shows up i'm like god damn it i was having so much fun and i i'm gonna pick thor ragnarok because i had so much fucking fun and i wish they would go back to this kind of thing this is one of the only mcu movies that really has the director's stamp on it um you know you you, you see the marvel sheen but it is, it goes in creative avenues that that nobody else has gone before in in this particular universe. It's got Mark Mothersbaugh doing the score. It's fucking yeah, great. score so, is great. Superman, Superman. It's got um, a squishy place in your heart. Squishy place in my heart, and it's not overrated. I'm just kidding. I'm gonna go down on that trip. I love Thor Ragnarok. I'm gonna get such a bad reputation. <laughs> I know I have a bad reputation. Um, yeah, you know, and it, it might even like if you were to put if you were to give me these two movies on a deserted island and everything, I would end up watching Thor Ragnarok more. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, if but that's I want, not what we're doing here. Yeah, that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> that's an interesting yeah thought experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, our final matchup of the South region is the three seed Avengers Infinity War versus the six seed Batman Forever, which won our play-in game uh, <laughs> earlier in the episode. Uh, so I'm I'm on record as saying I I uh, I think Infinity War is 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 one of my favorite comic book adaptations. Although much like what we were talking about with Ragnarok, Endgame nearly like. <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to ask is, 
Is your experience now with Infinity War tainted a little bit by Endgame? Yes. By far, yes, yes. because of what they did at Endgame, they they days of future pasted it. Yep, and um and I think that's cheating. I like that you use that as a verb, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still say, I still say, it would have worked better if the snap had killed off the originals and been permanent. Yep, mm-hmm. as opposed to being something where they killed off all the new ones and the originals had to go back to save the day. But there must have been some massive push at disney or marvel to give the original six avenger actors or characters one final adventure mm-hmm. i still think you could have done that and still had them lose and thanos goes snap and they disappear and fucking spider-man looks at black panther and says what now yep uh, that's the mcu of an alternate universe that i would rather be living in yeah there's there's just so many different ways that they could go i think i've got the exact opposite i think infinity war to me looks better because of the mistakes that were made in Endgame, uh, I enjoy. I think I'm going to over time enjoy watching Infinity War more than I am watching uh, Endgame. Well, it has more hurrah moments for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like we talked earlier when we were reviewing Endgame. There's no nobody throws a moon during <laughs> battle. That's right. In this one, and and a lot of the battle stuff in Endgame is dark. Yep. Dark and at least the end of Infinity War when Doctor Strange is doing that magic fight with Thanos yeah, and like you yeah. can see what's happening. It's all going by very quickly, but you can see it. Whereas you can also Endgame, see where they're all working together and he's got the the portals opening. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And they actually end up working together before Quill goes all asshole mm-hmm. on him. Like they're working to do like each individual power is being used. Spidey yep. on one side, Strange yep. on the yep. other, Mantis on top. They have planned this, and it it's fantastic. Yeah. That whole thing is great. Yep. Uh, until yes, Quill does his stupid shit, and yeah. they was it? Did they they did it in Endgame too? Like it didn't didn't hurt them, but like that was another. They almost fucked up again at yep. the beginning of Endgame, and you're like, have we not learned lessons yet? <laughs> Come exactly. on. Exactly. come on yeah what is going on and um and and as as easily as thanos is dispatched at the beginning of endgame spoiler alert yeah there you go um we're the, allowed to talk it's after two weeks it is it is uh as quickly as they got they got him i i would have much rather him snapped and he would have been part of the half that died uh, yeah, yeah right yeah. if you're gonna go ahead and poof him anyway yeah because that's that that's 20 minutes of movie right there mm-hmm. and i didn't need any of that in fact they dispatch him so easily it's almost offensive mm. because in the beginning of infinity war he's only got like one or two stones and he's still a fucking badass yes he and here he's got no stones and he might as well have been made of straw yes mm-hmm. and now and then you fast forward to the end of Endgame, where he's beaten ass with no infinity i stones. know it's one of the i, I got my my, my problems are more with the power differential than the time travel. I, I totally, and the time well, travel problems are an issue. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're they're both issues. But I I think Infinity War mitigates those dif- differences or those issues better than Endgame for sure. Uh, and I I go back because it's on Netflix for who knows how much longer. Uh, and I go back and just watch the little chunks of it mm-hmm. and enjoy it, especially like the New York scene, especially the moon throwing scene. Mm-hmm um and and the stuff on uh with uh, spider-man on the 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 ship and all that stuff so it definitely has parts where i'm just down like 
mark me down mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> yeah i mean these cheating fucks did this shit in endgame man and just you know fucked everything they fuck started this whole thing for me man um uh I, I, I and you know what here's an interesting uh since you know everybody disappears clothes and all and everything if he had snapped would the glove have disappeared too mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. see that's this is the movie you want to see motherfuckers <laughs> well and now they're marketing i'm gonna rabbit hole a little bit now they're marketing spider-man far from home i think they're lying but they're openly saying the snap at the end of endgame brought elemental demon villains the water thing that he's fighting mm-hmm. in far from home from an alternate reality to our reality oh, oh really which suggests they are going to for all of time be redefining what happened during that snap however they fucking want well which yeah. one oh now it not, not only did it bring in the elementals it also made three copies of tony stark we just didn't know about it because they were on saturn well mm-hmm. exactly because now you got three snaps you've got the yeah. banner snap and then you've got the uh the the tony snap and then you got thanos yeah and like we said in the review of endgame it's like do you have to like it's like blowing out a birthday candle right like you you think real hard about your wish and then you snap and it happens yeah yeah exactly uh, you know what what is the repercussions besides just bringing your buddies back cheating fucks cheating, cheating fucks <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh infinity war goes up against batman forever which we discussed earlier in the episode i am definitely going to pick infinity war here uh <laughs> infinity war is is uh was a unique experience and i and i really enjoyed that and like i said gets kind of undercut by endgame but on its own i really like it really really i mean there's i can overlook some things in that movie yeah and really enjoy it yeah i'm i'm infinity war all the way yeah i mean even for all the bagging on it we just did if we were to vote batman forever over infinity war i do believe we would definitely lose fans we would lose fans and i think i might write i would i would be like listening to it going no no what the hell are you guys doing you you guys are assholes assholes. (laughs) yeah exactly uh avengers infinity war will now go up against superman Ooh, sassy matchup yeah um and we ended up uh, doing pretty well keeping some wb in this that's right uh some dc dcwb uh, dcwb dc and marvel it's still uh still alive and well i think there's a slight a smidge more marvel it's only in uh the north bracket yeah the everything north else is uh i think it's only one yeah because that's the only three to one otherwise it's two to two on uh, the rest of the the regions okay well there's going to be some very interesting matchups uh the next time we go through all these for sure why don't we do recommends and some recommends and warns totes amaze balls they're great it won the academy award oh for what for best movie ever made I got a hard recommend and a hard warn, so I'm ready. I love that movie, Hard Warn. Hard. Cindy Crawford was great. Yeah, yeah, she was. My wife was screaming during the uh, porno password section of uh, Cable Guy. With laughter. Yes. Oh, God, it's so fucking funny. (laughs) It's like, center. Center. Or he says center. (laughs) He's like, hard. (laughs) Erection? No, but thanks for noticing. Yeah. Everybody's just eating it out of his hand. I would have said schlong. Yeah. (laughs) Penis. Penis. She got vagina. She got vagina. (laughs) Love that fucking movie. 
Uh, see you. Sorry, go ahead. We doing recommends and warrants? Yeah. Where do we? Right. St- you want to start with recommends or warrants? Do uh recommend. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend an old ass movie. I I I scratched another movie off my Hitchcock bucket list. Ooh. Okay. And I've seen a lot of Hitchcock. I love a lot of Hitchcock. My favorite is Rear Window. Mm-hmm. Shamefully, before this past week, I had never seen Dial M for Murder. Oh yeah. Really. Who's in fucking that one? blew my mind. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Um, 95, 98% of it takes place in one room. Uh-huh. Um, the way the mystery is solved, do you know the premise, basically? I don't. Guy finds, his, guy finds out his wife has been cheating on him. Mm-hmm. Um, decides to blackmail an old college friend who he'd recently bumped into, who he knew had stolen some money in college, into killing his wife for him. Seems to happen a lot. In it does. They set movies. it up, and the night of, uh, he's a fuck up, and she gets out of his hold and kills him. Ah. And the rest of the movie is the husband trying to move pieces around the board to keep himself out of trouble, because they have to call the cops because there's a dead body in there but the, do we call them right away should we move some things around do we set the, the scene he's and trying then, to protect his wife no and... fuck her he tried to murder her he's trying oh, to protect okay. his own ass i got you because he instigated the entirety of this. exactly uh and then you've got a very columbo like detective who knows more than he's letting on and he's playing very oh i see i see yeah that makes sense um I was riveted. I was as riveted as I've been by any modern mystery. Oh, um, it's it's great. And you know it was remade, right? Yeah, uh, Perfect Murder. Perfect Murder. Which I've out. seen. Yeah. Which yeah. Viggo Mortensen is Vigo also Viggo is in that. And Michael Douglas. Michael right? Douglas, Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow. Yeah, I love that movie, by the way. I remember I'm thinking sure this it was much better. Okay, but yeah. this one, I mean, that a Perfect Murder obviously didn't do the focus all in one room because it was a stage play first, and Hitchcock uh-huh. very intentionally wanted to make it feel like you were watching a play. Um yeah, just just utterly riveted. It all hinges on latch keys. It all hinges on a key. Yeah. Uh and it's 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 great. Like I'm impressed when a modern movie can come out with a mystery that I don't guess by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And you would think older movies might even sometimes be easier to guess because yeah. they've probably been, you know, imitated before and maybe more simple thinking or what have you. But I was like, how's that? How's this all going to work out? I couldn't figure it out. The uh, the big wow. the big actor in Dial M is Grace Kelly. Oh, then she's playing the wife. Yeah. Uh, Princess Ray, of Monaco. Uh, Ray Milland is the main guy in that. But uh, Grace Kelly is the uh, is the uh, most well-known that plays. Yeah, in- I just I, I'm going to I enjoyed it so much. This next week, I'm going to find another Hitchcock I've never seen I and think keep I'm, going down the I list. think that you've inspired me, too. Yeah. Where, did, where did you see this on? It was running on uh, uh, class, uh, Turner Classic Movies or okay. one of those one yeah, of those yeah. movie channels that plays old shit. I'm going to have to check that out, then. Plex, Implex, maybe? Uh-huh. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll Google okay. it and find out where it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but high, high, high recommend. All really, right. really good. I'm down. I actually said to my wife, can you come back and talk to me later? I really want to watch the end of this. And I almost never do that. I can't believe you don't have DVR. I know, but Dicer couldn't believe it either. That's the crazy. He was, I think I actually broke his brain a little bit. When I, told him. <laughs> um, I was uh, I was having my uh, my I meet up with a bunch of friends once a month and uh, and uh, watch movies and um, the uh, the the mo- there were two that we saw. The ones one is uh, the 1939 The Women. 
which was remade in 2008 with Mag- Meg Ryan and at Benning mm. and was a piece of shit. Mm. Uh, the 1939 The Women is, you, you can't even believe this movie was made uh, back then. You had uh, two female writers. The director is a guy, it's George Cukor, but uh, the entire cast is women. Mm. Every, every there's not one man in this whole thing appropriately named yeah yeah exactly uh but it has you know it has norma shearer joan crawford Rosalind russell as your top three so 1939 are, yeah these are all wow. these are all legends and uh and uh the movie's very fast it's got that 1939 repartee thing mm. going on stuff that is so fast and stuff that gets right past the sensors and everything um you know there's a couple of moments where they're able to convey that they're calling each other bitches a couple of times in this without saying the word Hmm. Uh, (laughs) and uh and just um just a lot of like wordplay in there that you're like oh man you know as much as the haze code uh you know squelched us from having like you know nudity and sex and all this you know whatever we wanted to say in movies and everything sure did somehow make it make movies wittier and Mm. like you know there was an art to to getting things that were you wouldn't um you wouldn't be able to get away with if you said it bluntly but if you say it in a certain way man it just comes off so much like oh you know your brain like feels good because you can you know uh because uh you you can uh, connect all these things but um the women uh is uh it, the 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 main character norma shira plays she's being cheated on uh you know uh, she's got a daughter her husband is is uh cheating on her with joan crawford mm-hmm. and uh and uh norma shira's like main rival of and among her frenemies essentially is rosalind russell who is fucking great in this she is so funny in <laughs> this um uh rosalind russell is is uh likes to have these type of secrets and have these things over on her and everything but of course norma shira does find out about it and everything and um and uh and there's a big talk about whether or not they should get divorced and all this. And there, the the discussion between her and her husband that happen uh, happens completely off screen. And we just have, yeah, I was wondering if it was the the husband character in here. We just have a we just have a a scene where one of their their maids or their their housekeepers whatever come down and say I was listening at the door and I heard them talking about the divorce and all that. So they compete. They completely have no men in this. At hmm. all. Huh. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the table sort of turn later on and we find out that, uh, Rosalind Russell's husband is also cheating on her with some other character that we've met in the movie. Hmm. Uh, Joan Crawford, uh, has her own little, like after she gets married to Norma Shearer's ex-husband, she's cheating on him with somebody else. And, uh, there's, I mean, it's just one of those, the movie is just very well written and witty and everything. And I highly, highly recommend it. 1939 awesome. great movie you guys went oldies we both did man we brought you we brought you the black and white heat <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> white heat wow well i'm going with the movie from this year and i've talked about it a little bit no always, no you have to has to be older no, it's got to be that yeah, yeah. From the 40s. it's in black and white okay it's always be my maybe ah yes all right ah yes this is ali wong this is randall park and you know 
you got so many fucking options on Netflix. I really wanted to watch that uh, Central Park Five show. I do too, but that's an investment of time that I'm going to make because I really, really want to see that. Um, there was uh, David Letterman's got a new season of his My nope. Next Guest. He thing. interviewed Kanye West. I'm done with him. I wanted to watch that episode to see if there were any signs of kind of. I know he opens up about bipolar disorder and actually wanted to kind of get into what's going on. I can't handle him being given a platform to be an advocate for mental health and talk about his bipolar if he's still going to just go off of it whenever he wants. I Well, he's yes. a bad advocate. I agree. I agree, which is why I wanted to watch it and to kind of see if, if anything has changed. He's a bad advocate. Bad forget. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I wanted something light, and I had heard really good things about this Always Be My Maybe. I had seen Ali Wong's stand-up specials, and I wasn't a huge fan. I do like her delivery, though. She's unafraid. She's very vulgar, and she's very honest. Mm-hmm. I love honest comedians. You can't the, you can't have an artifice if you're telling jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, she and Randall Park's character, uh, it starts off in San Francisco when they're very young, and they live next door, and they're best friends. Right. And they just they just get along to do everything together. She's always coming over to his parents house because her parents are always working and her mom is a really good cook. So she teaches her how to cook. She's Korean. And uh, uh, so they grow up and they grow up and they go through high school and all that stuff. And finally, on uh, their final year of high school, they fuck each other. They have sex nice. in the car, in the backseat. Wow, chicka. And I'm Hell not, yeah, this is in the trailer. So I'm not giving anything away. Afterwards, it's so weird and awkward that uh randall park's character uh marcus he uh he says some mean shit to her he says such mean shit to her that they don't talk for 15 years in that 15 years she has now become a celebrity chef at the level of like a bobby flay or a gordon ramsay or something like that Mm. sasha and so she's in la she's going all these like events and sparkly and sprinkly and stuff like that yes meanwhile he's a weed smoking uh musician in san francisco that works for his father and lives at home. But the relationship, it's not antagonistic. It's not, it's not weird. He and his dad are best friends. Mm. Like his dad comes in, comes in and he's like, he's doing like a little dance and he's smoking a joint and stuff like that in front of the mirror. And his dad comes in. He's like, what are you doing? He's like smoking weed and doing a little dance. (laughs) And he's like, okay. (laughs) He starts doing like a dance off with him. It's really, really fun. Uh, So eventually she comes up to San Francisco and they reunite. And it's hilariously awkward at first, and it warms up, and then they start rekindling their friendship. And in the middle of the friendship, when he's about to tell her that he has feelings for, boom, Canoe. Canoe comes into the picture, and she's dating him, and they're having tremendous sex. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, like he's, I've seen the trailer where he's, he's doing his thing and, you know, uh, yeah, um, this is for a part and like, I miss your scent and all that stuff, but it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And it's fucking hilarious. Hmm. I am, that certainly is due all the praise that he's getting. And then it subverts a lot of the rom-com stuff towards the end. So then you're telling me Randall Park ends up with Canoe? Man, that would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. <laughs> by, the, by the way, the, the scenes with him and by... Oh, 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 okay. Two more things about this movie. The, the, the stuff between Randall Park and Keanu Reeves becomes hilariously antagonistic. You, you got to watch this movie. You got to watch this movie because it's, it's fucking hilarious. The other thing is that scene where they're at the restaurant with Canoe and with uh, Randall Park and Ali Wong and his girlfriend is the most hilarious send-up of high-cuisine restaurants that I've ever 
scene. I'll give you one example. Uh, first off, when Keanu comes in, he, he, the the waiter comes over. He's like, "Do you have anything that plays with time?" And he's like, "Uh, how do you mean?" And he's like, "Just the concept of time. Do you have a a dish that plays with time?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yes, I've got a." I've got a dish. <laughs> and he's like, he's, he's like, we have the sous vide steak that you have to you have to wear headphones and listen to the dying sound of the animal that made it." <laughs> And it cuts to Keanu. Uh, he's doing and they're it. all they're all they get these headphones on, and and before he goes into it, he's listening and he gets teared up and he's like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> and then he just starts eating it. <laughs> it's That's fucking awful. great. Oh That's man, awesome. this is a high recommend. Is, I haven't uh, laughed so hard in a long time. Is the Mariah Carey song in there anywhere? Uh, no. It's yeah. my favorite song of hers. Yeah, they do have a D'Angelo song, the the D'Angelo video where he's he's naked and he's I forget the name of the, I think it's like Untitled One or something like that. That's where they have sex too. Ah, okay. And yeah. they have sexy sex by the way towards uh, the sexy end of sex. this movie. Yeah, sexy nice. Sex. It was very important apparently for Ali Wong to show Asian people like doing things that you typically see white people doing on screen, mm. like having sex and showing the sex, not the penetration, but like the, right, right. the showing. Of of this the, that'd be the a completely different story. Yes. And this is oh man, <laughs> it's the guy Doe Pender from uh, Deadpool. Oh, and yeah. plays in in Randall Park's band, and uh, one of the characters is is lesbian, and he's he gets weirdly uncomfortable. He's like, "Well, I am LGBTQIA allied," <laughs> and then he goes up to her and he's like, "Thank you for your service." <laughs> 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 uh, this is a funny movie. Yeah, oh, funny man. Movie. You want to do a round of warns or, or other recommends? I have a warn. Bring it. This movie made me angry. <laughs> you know me. I like new movies. I like <laughs> new horror movies. movies. Uh-huh. I like movies that slip past me. Like, usually, there's actors in it I know that. So I'm flipping channels the other day, and there's this movie. I swear to God, in the last 48 hours, I have forgotten the title of this movie 72 times. <laughs> I just looked it up. It's called. What keeps you alive? Okay. Have you heard of this? No. It's like from 2018. Hmm. 2017. And the description was, um, it, re- it revealed to me that there was some kind of betrayal and a lesbian marriage. Mm-hmm. Because okay. the way the description read said she something betrayal her wife or something. And so I was like, Okay. You like lesbians. I, I'm gonna, I'd not, LGBTQIA I'm certainly not offended by it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I flip over. Now, this is essentially a thriller, but I did not know this. I thought it was a drama. Betrayal, to me, said drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the movie, betrayal means murder. Okay. So they're walking through the woods, hiking, lesbians, married. Mm-hmm. They're both cute. Not that that's important to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them says, oh, I talked. To, I didn't catch the very, very beginning. I should probably point that out. <laughs> and the the one with short hair says, I was talking to your relatives or whatever, and they, and they had some questions about the way that girl died. You told me that story about that girl that died in the lake. And then the redhead uh, wife says, oh, well, well, yeah, well, here's what happened. And it's a sad memory. And she fell. I was looking the other way and she fell into the water and we couldn't find her. And they're like, OK. And then they keep walking. I'm like, all right, well, there's something about that murder, probably. Maybe it was a murder. I don't know. So mm-hmm. they walk to this cliff. And the short-haired wife, I really can't think of a better way to explain her. <laughs> they both have J names, too. Was so. there people that you recognized no. in this? Oh, okay. Um, and she walks to the edge of the cliff, and you can see 
miles and miles of woods and there's a lake and it's gorgeous and she's like oh this view is amazing honey turns around and redhead wife is running at her full speed and pushes her off the cliff <laughs> and she falls 75 feet you hear bones crunching she looks over and you can see her laying there dead mm -hmm. so i was like wow that's betrayal <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. redhead wife goes back to the house pukes mm -hmm. washes up and then goes out to i guess deal with the body the body is gone because even though she fell over, I'm telling you, this cliff is fucking 80 feet if it's two. She's cliff wife. she is gone. Mm -hmm. So now Redhead Wife is like, shit, I didn't do murder. I did almost murder, and she's going to tattle on me. <laughs> then it becomes The Hunted with Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio Del Toro, where she's literally walking through the woods going, she pretend crying, Jules, where are you? I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. And Jules is hiding behind a tree over here trying to be she quiet. She is alive. Oh, yeah, she's alive. And then and then the redhead wife immediately snaps from sad to fuck. Because you can tell she's really evil. She's not sorry. Ah. She did mean it. Uh-huh. All right. So the, the situation works to where they find themselves back on the same cliff. <laughs> okay. I'm not 100% sure I remember how they got there. <laughs> but this time, short-haired girl pushes redhead off the cliff. And she falls to her death. And you hear bones crunch. You think she's dead, Barrett? No, I you don't think You think that she's body's dead. still going to be there when short hair girl gets down there? It is not. It is not. They end up back on the cliff a third time. Mean, like, maybe, possibly, this isn't the best murder weapon. <laughs> Try it again. This time, she's collapsed. Short haired girl, redhead girl kicks her off the cliff. Oh, maybe if you kick. Good. She's definitely dead this time, right, y'all? So. Redhead girl goes back to the house. What's that? A laptop that's open? What could it be? Opens the laptop. It's a video of short-haired girl saying, guess what? I switched your insulin with fucking hydrogen peroxide. And now you're going to die. And it's already eating your brain. We cut back to short-haired girl, dead on the ground. Her eyes are open. We zoom in. We see her POV of the sky. And then she takes a fucking breath. She lived a third time off that cliff. And I ran into the next room and screamed the entire plot to my wife. I was so angry. You can have a character fall off a cliff and survive one time. One time per movie. Yeah. Not three. I go online to validate my opinion. This fucking thing has an 82 on Rotten Tomato. What? What is it called again? <laughs> what keeps you alive? Uh, do you uh, know how I found it this morning? Right here, sitting here. I Googled lesbian marriage woods murder. Okay. And it came up as the first result. Mm. What keeps you alive? Oh, uh, Martha McIsaac from Superbad is in this. Oh, excellent. Now, it's got a 5.7 on IMDb. So. Okay. But, so the critics saw something that... They must have... <laughs> That nobody else saw. The one thing I do want to praise the movie for is it makes no big deal whatsoever that they're lesbians marriage. <laughs> Nothing. It could have been two guys. It could have been a married husband and wife. It's just it's just part of the setting of the story is that they're two girls who are married. She thought I had to do a video. <laughs> yes, she did. And hydrogen peroxide. Boy, in between the, the cliff scenes is when she recorded this? Uh, the movie does not tell you when she recorded this. Uh, I think it's after the first time she fell off the cliff and survived, but before the second time she fell off the cliff and survived. <laughs> yeah. But also, if you, I'm I'm not diabetic, but I have a feeling I would know what hydrogen peroxide. Like hydrogen peroxide is, you, you, 
Yeah. I guess. I, I've never, that shit burns. I've never injected myself with either. <laughs> I haven't either. Anyway, God, my, I, I'm giving it a huge warn. If there's anybody out there that wants to change my mind, I'm here for it. It sounds hilarious. Oh, it does. God damn, I was so angry. And I don't think Martha McIsaac plays the characters you're talking about. The the girl from Superbad who was the the uh, Michael Sarah love interest in Superbad. Oh, Becca? Becca, yeah. It says that she's in it, but I don't think that's the uh Jesus. the two that you the two uh women that you described are at the very top okay yeah Marvel- she's she must be like the family member that girl talked to in the beginning mm. who raised some doubts about the ice murder mm-hmm. i don't know god damn i was so mad <laughs> yeah that's ridiculous <sighs> um so uh after i watched chernobyl and uh was listening to some podcasts uh listening to their podcast about chernobyl uh, the guy who uh, was behind that said, uh, you know, one of the decisions that they had to make with Chernobyl was, do we try to get everybody to speak in a Russian accent mm. or do we just, you know, everybody speaks in their normal accent and everything's OK? And uh, I think that's a good choice, because I think when people he he's, he was talking about how, like, if you tell an actor to uh, to do a Russian accent, then they just go with that shit. And you, and you end to, up with Malkovich and, and, yeah, uh, and, and you Rogers. end up with all sorts of like probably stuff that people just can't get get around and everything. He said that there was a movie that he watched that uh, uh, in uh, that was actually on HBO. It was a TV movie back in 1995 called Citizen X, hmm. uh, which uh, has a lot of the same political uh, issues that Chernobyl had that, you know, Chernobyl set up. Uh, this was in the uh, early 80s Russia, uh, and uh, they have a serial killer uh, uh, killing kids. And uh, they, because, you know, uh, the Soviet Union's this huge bureaucracy and everything, uh, they, they, they appoint, uh, you know, they appoint people who they think can possibly solve this and everything. Stephen Ray is the guy who plays the... Uh, uh, the main investigator guy in this, uh, Donald Sutherland plays, uh, one of the politicians who's, who's the head of his department and everything. Uh, but the Soviet union didn't have any, any kind of techniques like the FBI did back in the day. Hmm. They didn't know how to solve a murder murders like this. They didn't know how to get inside the head of a guy like this. And, uh, there, the solution of the Soviet bureaucracy uh to uh to try to figure out who did this Stephen ray sitting there saying we need to have like we need to get in contact with the fbi we need to have them tell us how they do this stuff and everything and that's a big no-no the soviet union does not want to admit that they don't have these things that hmm. the americans have and uh they don't want to uh reach out for help and seem weak and and everything so Stephen ray's basically investigating this with both hands tied behind his back the entire time uh and uh joss ackland who is in hunt for october oh, yeah. plays one of these other soviet bureaucrats oh, awesome. yeah, so he, you get to hear joss ackland again he <laughs> gets into his russian accent and, uh, <laughs> uh but um they're the uh the the government's basic position on how to solve this murder without contacting the fbi without like really going through the the investigative techniques that you need to do is to round up all the homosexuals that they can possibly find mm. who who would have 
perverted uh, ideas of some sort uh, and would be a, be capable of doing this type of thing. And of course, it's very wrong minded and uh, stupid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, and meanwhile, Donald Sutherland, who is basically in Stephen Ray's corner, but is trying to get him to think like a politician does, you know, you don't get what you want by calling everybody stupid. You have to kind of be quiet until you can come up with a solution that everybody can can agree on. And they couldn't agree on the stuff that Stephen Ray was asking for in this whole thing. Even Sutherland, uh, there's a point where, you know, they're rounding up homosexuals and they're they're asking him questions. He's like, oh, man, we got so much good gossip out of this guy. We got, you know, th- and that's all he seems to care about hmm. is this gossip. And it's not true. It actually pays off later. But uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's it it's weird not knowing it was weird knowing that the Soviet Union didn't have the right equip they weren't equipped to uh investigate somebody like this the guy who plays um the killer in this uh if you're a billions uh fan is paul giamatti's dad Mm. uh in this and uh and and you know the the way he goes about it like he doesn't even really try to hide it it's just i mean he i mean obviously hides it hides it enough that nobody knows that it's him but uh, Stephen Ray, very beginning of it, thinks that oh, these are these kids are being abducted at train stations, and he's right. He's right about that. And they even get this guy at one point. Stephen Ray goes into the to the train station and 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 arrests this guy. And because of some weird DNA thing that happened back then, they couldn't prove that it that, that it looked was looked like it was somebody else's DNA. Mm. That's a question that, by the way, the movie puts a text thing at the end about that they swear up and down that the dna that they found at all the crime scenes didn't match this dude who ended up getting convicted for all the hmm. the crimes and everything and i know that's spoilery but really it's the method as to how they get to it yeah. is that that's more interesting than because you know who it is at the very beginning of it and everything um the other part of it too is that they get a psychologist to come in and try to write up a a big uh, paper on what he thinks this this uh, person who's doing all this stuff is, and it's Max von Sydow plays this character. Jesus and Christ, this mm. cast is amazing. The cast is great, and Max von Sydow uh, writes this paper that's like, this guy is probably married. He probably has sexual problems. He's probably not homosexual. All these different things, and everything, and you know, it's it's a fascinating sort of uh you know i guess procedural in your mm. in a way also political intrigue and things of that nature having just watched chernobyl this goes right along with it if you're if you're looking for something after chernobyl this movie is you know i mean it's got the machinations of a 1995 tv movie on hbo at least mm. um but it's very well done and i highly recommend sounds it. awesome what is it called again it's called citizen x ah not to be confused with citizen four or malcolm x yes or citizen kane or the x character that J- that donald sutherland brings up in jfk oh yes mm. yes <laughs> that's awesome i have to check that out yeah i got one quick wreck of warn did you ever watch lemonade the the beyonce visual album uh i saw parts of it no yeah yeah i did not see it well you know that it had like spoken word intros and like all this ethereal imagery Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and then it would go some of the music videos even sorry yeah yeah exactly so lonely island 
did a visual album very akin to Lemonade. Okay, I've, I've seen this. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they did it about Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco, 1989, the Bash Brothers. Yeah. Now we have the Splash Brothers out in Oakland. This was the Bash Brothers. This was the... They were the home run, dinger hitting, like fucking juiced up dudes. Mm-hmm. And found out later on, of course, that they were on some heavy steroids, anabolic steroids, and you know their 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 accomplishments were tainted. But they're still kind of lauded, especially in that area for the Oakland A's. Mm-hmm. We grew up in this era. Yep. And I grew up really, really loving these guys. Mm-hmm. I wasn't an A's fan, but I loved baseball they hit guys hitting taters prodigious dingers yeah yeah i mean yeah. it's great so uh so yeah we're and i guess andy sandberg and yorga took home and uh kiva schaefer are around our age too yeah <clears throat> so they made this this joke parody visual album about it you've seen it right i have you haven't seen it um lonely island is hilarious i love me some lonely island they they have they're very very funny they're very good rappers mm-hmm. they've got good musicians backing them up they also kind of have just a couple of speeds though mm-hmm. they have the slow jam speed and then they have the Beastie Boys ra- rapping speed mm-hmm. and over the course of one or two songs like Lazy Sunday Dick in the Box that kind of thing that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. over the course of thirty minutes with twelve eleven songs. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit old. I'm so glad that you're saying this. Yeah, same thing? Yes. Yeah. I had the same experience. It, they're all funny. If individually, yes. they are all funny. There's a Sia song, Oakland Nights, where it's all like sexy and shit like that. Mm-hmm. There's the ready a- AF type of thing. Yeah, but they, the, you know, like even Oakland Nights has the feel of the uh, the one that they did, uh, Jizzed in My Pants mm-hmm. uh, thing. It has the same kind of feel to that uh the very first song i was laughing my ass off Mm -hmm. on and i was like all right i can't wait for this but then you're right everything about it afterwards feels very homogenous it does and they're covering the same ground i can only take so many my balls are small jokes yeah yeah and that i like to lift weights jokes and that jose is my friend jokes it's what is what weiss in this Oh man, I wish Walt White. <laughs> See, that would have that would have added some flavor to it to, to come up with these obscure A's. You know, he was on that team. Right? He was. He was. He was the rookie. He was a rookie of the year back in the the day that uh, that they they were getting good and everything. He had Walt Weiss. He had Dave Henderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was Eckersley on? Eckersley Ecker- Ecker- yeah, yeah. was on this team. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it it would have Dave Stewart. It would have been fun to have like the whole team involved. Yeah, somehow. it's just them. Yeah, and, and the only time that it does really move. No, it's still like I said, it's a record warrant. It's still funny. Uh, the only time that it does really change gears is when they do the IHOP parking lot, uh, dance off basically mm. with uh with Maya Rudolph and yeah. and, and Haim Haim, however you pronounce her name. Right. Names. Uh, and so like when it does switch speeds, it's pretty good. There's, there's one little stinger song at the very end. that's really good. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy because it's Akiva Schaefer is the other guy is, uh, Mark, Mark McGuire and, uh, Andy Samberg is Jose Canseco, but Akiva Schaefer looks so much like Justin Timberlake Yeah, that I literally did not believe IMDB. I was like, because he's got a history with this guy and he looks exactly like him mm-hmm. but it's Ooh. yeah it's a cute shit. so anyway you, you'll probably some people will love it if you're a fan of lonely island you should probably check it out 
with the caveat that maybe it gets a little repetitious. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I think if they had trimmed off like you know ten minutes of this and really kept the best bits, I think it could have been I'm trying to make good. this shit sound authenticious. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's a, what is it, what is the thing that uh, it's about? Uh, what is it that uh, Downey says in Tropic Thunder? Uh, oh, the scene is about emotionality. Not about emotionality. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, keep going to SoundCloud, uh, the Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook, um, uh, CinemaSins Twitter, uh, MVS Twitter. That's right. Uh, there are many places that you can go and talk about this very episode. Um, but I'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube. Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I love Seattle. I wonder if I could afford to live out there. I mean, I, obviously, it's fucking I expensive. It's just it's expensive as hell. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't get it. Never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. <laughs> no, you're never gonna get it. Not this time. Wasn't that? Oh, that was in vogue. Mm-hmm. Mm, bop. For, for about ten months, they were the shit. Man, I like me some in vogue too. Free your mind. Yeah, that song was dirty. The rest will follow. It had that like filthy guitar, like <laughs> that was the hit. The one you were singing was the one that came after. That was the second hit, right? Yeah, never gonna get it. That was uh, what was the name? Never of that? gonna get because they did that never breakdown. Gonna it, never gonna, gonna get, get it. Never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. I hope this makes the podcast. Did you start recording? It will. It? <laughs> I think he stopped the recording. Uh, we need the third part harmony there, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. Yeah. Not this time, Barrett. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My Lovin' is the name of that song. Oh, yeah. My love. It was Funky yeah. Divas. God damn. And they were foxy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't think I ever saw them. Free your mind. And all else will follow. Wow. Wow. Must it be this way? I think the whole podcast should be our impressions of info. <laughs> yes. We're so lame. <laughs> Have you seen The Dead Don't Die by any chance? No. The Dead Don't Die, Don't Do That. Do that. I don't That's, know if uh, The Dead Don't Die. Is that the Jim Jarmusch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had Chloe Sevigny was on uh, NPR yesterday, and uh, she was talking about, so she's a cop, and Bill Murray's a cop, and Adam Driver are all cops in this town, like a rural uh, town in New York. And so the zombie shit starts ha- happening and everything. And there's a scene where they're in the car and they're low on gas and all that stuff. And they had to wait. Like the actors had to wait for the scene to develop and all that stuff. And uh, Bill Murray, who was in the driver's seat, just took off. Like they went on like a joyride. <laughs> nice. <laughs> to go get some like local produce. Nice. Nice. I thought that was delightful. That's like a, that's the Bill murray story that you could ever mm-hmm. think of. Oh, yeah. Come on, come on. Feel it, feel, feel it. it. Feel it, feel the vibration. You know, that's not such a bad album. I'm not going to even dignify that. That's a, it's a perfectly fine song, Good Vibrations. Okay. He had a, he had a flow. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Did you ever have that album? Did you ever listen no. to it? I mean, I, just the radio single. Did you ever listen to it, Chris? Mm. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. No, I never heard the album. What was the? You think there's a guy out there with an Instagram 
bio that reads former member of the Funky Bunch? Absolutely. There's a dude uh, named Hector Barros who's in it. Terry Yancey, Anthony Thomas. I'm sure they trade on that. Are you kidding me? We're uh, the Funky Bunch. I wouldn't. Uh, Music for the People, 1991. So the, I think it was the last track on the album. Is a song called Wild Side. And it's it's like a rap version of Lou Reed's The Wild Side. <laughs> that song. How does that song still get played? Which one? Lou the- Reed's song. Well, it was crazy. I, uh, Chris was listening to it on the radio, um, uh, Break Up With Your Girlfriend Because I'm Bored. Mm-hmm. And apparently the MTV version, because uh, the song goes Break Up With Your Girlfriend Because I'm Bored, you can hit it in the morning uh, like it's yours. And apparently in the MTV version, they uh, edited out Hit It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I you would, can, in well, the morning. Well, and it makes it worse because I thought she said a lot worse there. <laughs> well, she, yeah, she's got, I she's thought, got shit all over yeah, her. Yeah, I thought, I, I, like, I, like when, when it says, you can, in the morning, and I was like, I was like, what is she saying there? You, you fuck my pussy in the morning? It might as well have been that, right? And then. You can fuck. <laughs> let me get very specific on where and that's what i thought but then like oh, but man. then like i'm in i'm in his car and i hear you can hit it in the morning i was like oh fucking mtv <laughs> all the, all fucking the mtv man can't can't say uh, anything involving sex or uh or naked or some of the mildest swears ever you know what was uh <laughs> A sexual innuendo minefield of a movie to sin was Paddington 2. Oh, really? There's a part in there where he shaves off dude's head, a stripe of this guy's hair, and then smears marmalade on it and puts the hair back on. (laughs) And the man reaches back and says, what is this, marmalade? And Paddington goes, hairy marmalade. And I wrote about 16 different jokes. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) And ended up on the one that's in the script. But then later on, somebody goes, nobody squirts condiments on my apron. (laughs) It's oh, just God. like, oh, God, I can't, I can only do so many oh, you know, euphemism jokes. Jeez. You know, it's funny is uh, I was going through uh, Chamber of Secrets, the Sins video, because they had used that YouTube edit function. Oh, yeah. And uh, that video is really funny. Like, it, it ends with, because it ends, the, the second to last series of Sins is, like, basically the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then... You go back and you're like, let's talk about how negligent these teachers oh, are. Oh, God. That <laughs> was like a series of like 20 that was a, That sin goes on for like two minutes. <laughs> but it's tallying each yeah. sin as it goes along. Yeah. yeah, it is running on. Like it's a comma, but you'll get the, the ding. Yeah, yeah. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I tweeted uh, uh, at the end of Cats in the Cradle, like... Yeah, the kids turned into the the <laughs> kids' version of an asshole, but at least he says please when he has for the car keys. Oh yes, <laughs> oh, that was inspired. Man. By the way, my second favorite tweet ever was the one that I just did uh, the other day, where I it was uh, the Pavarotti film for uh, that Ron Howard is doing. Mm-hmm. I, I I tweeted out Lady Gaga voice musical notes. I'm a tenor man. I sing and make the people watch me. Pava Pavarotti. <laughs> got nothing. Like six the likes. Best, the best tweets always get ignored, God man. Damn it. <laughs> and then I'll like, I responded to one of Frank's tweets 
saying, I don't like King Kong or Godzilla. He stepped on my house and it got like 150 likes. <laughs> it was just like, I officially give up. I cannot predict Twitter at no, all. No. It was Paganini. Yes. <laughs> Pavarotti is a tenor. Paganini is a composer. <laughs> what is that from? Uh, for October. Oh, Courtney B. Vance. You better be safe and just cut everything I said about the uncomfortable boner. All right. Even though in I, the room, I think it makes sense. It does make sense. I and I, I'm with you. I'm yes. with you with your uncomfortable boner. Uh, but uh, that's definitely an outtake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>